Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Okay, so it's, it's from the beginning of time to the end of time. It's, it's winter, spring, summer, or fall. It's all of it. It's all the seasons. It's, it's from the very beginning of time to the close of time. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He's the author. He's the finisher. God's outside of time, and he created it, and you and I are living in it. Please understand what I'm about to tell you. And I saw tonight as I was driving, it made me turn around and go lay hands on a beautiful couple who's online right now. God told me to do it as a, as a prophetic act. And uh, they are older than me. And as I had my arms around these two who will remain nameless, you know who you are, the Lord touched me. And he began to show me how God has ordered the time and the hour that we're in. And sometimes we don't understand that. We just think, well, it's 2022 and, you know, all that's going on and, and I'm however old you are and does the Lord even see or, you know, he sees me, but really how significant am I in time? Oh, you're very significant. He made you. He knit you together, made in the image of God. In his likeness and in his image, which gives you significance by the fact that you are made in God's image, made, made in his likeness. You know what it says? It says that you're significant. You know what? Turtles are not made in the image and likeness of God. You know, whales, they are not made in the image and likeness of God. Do you know that porpoises, I don't want to slaughter porpoises so I can have some bumblebee tuna either, but they're not made in the image of God. There's only one thing in all of creation that's made in the image of God. And you know who that is? Mankind. Human beings. Oh, he didn't speak and make it happen. He formed us and he, he breathed into us. We're the only one that's like God. Come on, bump your neighbor and say you like God. You ought to act like it. Go ahead, tell him. Come on, bump your neighbor and say you're like God. Not everybody acts like him, but we are, we are made in his image, which is a profound truth. And what this text does is it goes on to say, by faith, we understand that he framed. Everybody say framed. Kartotizo is the Greek. What does that mean? Well, it's the same word that's used in Ephesians chapter 4. So go there. Go ahead. Genesis, Exodus, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges. <laughs> what are we talking about? Ephesians. Okay, it's New Testament. Ephesians 4. Find verse... I want to say 16. Yes. No. 16. Are you ready? Ephesians 4, 16. Same Greek word, kartotizo. From him, the whole body joined 
and held together by every supporting ligament grows, builds itself up in love as each part does its work. It's the, the church is a new creation, but this from him, the whole body. Now he's talking about the church, but he's, he's using, uh, he's using like a simile to talk about the church like a body. We're the body of Christ, but your body is joined together, kartotizo. Your, your hand is, is supernatural. If, if you were to be a doctor to study ligaments and tendons and understand, they have hand surgeons. They have hand specialists. The human hand is absolutely amazing, intricate, and able to do amazing things. Your hand is joined together, is kartotizo. In other words, it's put together perfectly. The aeons are kartotizo, they're formed, they're put together perfectly. And so as I was talking to God about the time of our building, he said, oh yeah, it's perfect. And I thought, all right. Because sometimes when you're building something for six years, going on seven, and you need it really bad, which we do. You have to be awakened to the reality that God knows what you need. Not, I'm not just for our building. How about your home? How about your marriage? How about your kids? And so that God outside of time sees your situation in time and he's intricately put it together perfectly. He put it all perfectly together. Come on, somebody go, whoa. That's amazing. And what the Lord showed me tonight was that he is putting together prophetic apostolic or apostolic prophetic teams, five-fold ministry teams through the generations. If you think that it's just a youth that are going to have a revival, you're totally mistaken. And if you think it's just the, the middle-aged folks, you're mistaken. And if you classics think that it's just y'all, that might be true. No. <laughs> I saw God knitting together culture. I saw God fitly joining together all the age groups. I saw God doing something tonight that is beyond anything I've ever seen before. And he told me something I've heard from Dutch Sheets. That the synergy, the synergy of the ages is being released. The synergy, that, that's the, the next thing I heard as I was in one of those turns. People drive that road crazy. People four-wheel drifting around all that icy turns on, on the way from Hatcher's Pass over here. The synergy of the ages. Synergy. How many of you know what that word means? Synergy, and for those, those of you who don't, maybe you need a reminder... The specific definition, I suppose we could ask Siri, but she's a false prophet, so you got to be careful what she says. <laughs> to ask her for directions, you end up in hell somewhere. Anybody ever had that happen? <laughs> and Alexa. He's Jezebel for sure. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Where are we? Synergy of the ages. Synergy. Here's synergy. 
I also call it affectionately, humorously, Godomatics. You heard of mathematics? This is Godomatics. In Deuteronomy, it says if one can put a thousand to flight, two can put. Okay, one plus one is two, unless you're unless you're God or some left wing nut that's trying to make new Common Core. I'm just saying. I, I can't. I don't know. I don't know about all that. Let's have, a, let's have a praise break. I felt the Holy Spirit just lift for a second. Either that or I don't know. They're trying to rewrite history. They're trying to, they're trying to cancel everything. They're trying to do all kinds of stuff. One can, add a, one can cause a thousand to flee. Two can cause 10,000. That's a picture of synergy. I've, I've spoken on that before, to giving the example of a horse pulling context in Canada. One horse pulled 7,000, another horse pulled 8,000. Logical thing is, together, they would pull 15,000 pounds. But that's not what happened. They pulled something like 25,000 or 28,000. That's, that's a synergy. And that when you take this, the synergy of the ages, as is preached far better than I ever could by Dutch sheets, and you take a generation that has anointing and wisdom and power and calling and unction from God, and you partner it with another generation that might be younger, might be older, all depends on how you see that anointing, power, calling, wisdom, and you pair them together it releases the power of God in a way that, no, that just cannot be released any other way. I want to say this to you prophetically, Kings, Alaska. I don't know what's happening everywhere else. I know what's happening here. It's what I'm responsible before God for and will stand before the judgment seat of Christ for. And I am telling you, God is causing the ages, all ages, to come together as we, as we seek him to release a power in this Northland that's never been seen before. A synergy of power and anointing. Come on, David. A young, where are the young Davids? I don't know, where are the Samuels? Because together they were an apostolic prophetic team. And it flowed back and forth. And I, I want you to look at a text of scripture that I've preached from before, found in Exodus chapter 17. Go to Exodus 17. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, God's raising up people. I had a supernatural experience in morning prayer. You're like, dude, I knew I should have gone. I know, let me rub some salt in it. Supernatural experience in morning prayer is I saw the whole, pl- I mean, there was, I don't know, I, I, I didn't count, but about 50, 60 people, is that about right? About 50, 60 people in morning prayer, a, mor- a prayer meeting that's gone on for well over 20 years, 50, 60 people at seven in the morning, praying, seeking God. You're like, I'm driving to Anchorage. Fair enough. Stream it on your phone. Be a part of it. And I saw the whole place become leaders. I saw everyone become leaders, and I encourage you, those of you who are here, to come up. We prayed for leadership, and I just saw this person, and that person, and this person, and that person. And, and we have a policy, or rather a, a, a pattern, for raising up leaders. We don't just release anybody because they smiled. I hope you're smiling and filled with joy, but if you're going to be used in leadership here, you need some training. So if I want to lay hands on people, that's fine. I don't know where your hands have been until I do. 
And then we're going to, I just saw God releasing an army. And then he gives me this piece tonight, driving to the church, that there's a synergy of the ages. By faith, we understand that God framed, cartotizo, put it together all of time, all of time to work together to bring about maximum glory. God is doing something in the earth that's beyond anything you've ever seen. I thank God for the move of the Spirit during your grandmother's time. I thank God for a move of the Spirit of the 1990s with people falling out and laughing, getting filled with joy, and God's still doing that. But it's not 1990 anymore. It's 2022. Where's the fire? Where's the power? Where's the Samuels? Where's the Davids? Where's the Moses? Where's the Joshua's? Where, where are the Davids of this hour and a generation that'll come together to fulfill the plan of God? Because it takes all of us to do it. It's not one guy that's going to sweep in here with a comb over that has a revival. I had somebody tell me, you know, pastor, I think the Lord wants you to grow your hair up. I think he wants you to get saved. Come on, let's go to. You do your hair, I'll do mine or the lack thereof. If my wife told me that I was needed to grow my hair out, I would fast and pray that she would change her mind. <laughs> Exodus chapter 17. Let's all stand as we do. And this is a beautiful picture of this synergy. And perhaps I'll give you some other illustrations as we move, other examples rather, as we move along. Exodus 17, verse 8. Are you ready? On your marks. Get set. Go. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, there you go, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I'll stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites and Moses, as Moses had ordered, and Moses and Aaron and Hur went on top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, what you will do. Move in power right now. Release this word to fulfill that which you've sent it forth for. I bind, gag, and muzzle every assignment of darkness. I take authority over, over every distraction. I pray break any religious mindset, break in with truth, break in with light, that we would be deeply impacted by the truth of your word and our role in it in history. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, come. Come on, if you have the freedom to pray in the Spirit, go ahead. Amen. You may be seated. God had already provided for them water, manna, quail. They're on their way. And if you read this, in fact, if you go to Deuteronomy, a correlating text, it's powerful to read. Deuteronomy 25, go there. Remember 
Let the Amalekites, verse 17, Deuteronomy 25, 17. Remember what the Amalekites did along the way when you came out of Egypt. When you were weary and worn out. And I just want to tell you, there's a lot of weary and there's a lot of worn out folks. And if you're weary and worn out, it's not time to take a break from church. If you're weary and worn out, it's not time to lick your wounds at home and hope that it blows over and you get stronger. Deuteronomy 25 and 17. What the enemy did, they're the first terrorists. I've preached on this text before, and Dr. Morocco preached a message called, Who's on the Hill? And it's a great thing to ask, who's on the hill? Because you need somebody on the hill. Getting ahead of myself a little bit, it's a picture of spiritual warfare in two locations. It's a picture of synergy. But the Amalekites, they were, they were wicked. And so what they did is they, they, they hung back and they picked off scragglers. They picked off the weary, tired people. And I am finding that that's exactly what's been happening with so many folks is that they've been getting picked off because they're weary and tired. I've heard people say to me, even this week from being back, oh, it's tough right now. Is it? Is it tough for you? I, I guess I could think about how hard it is. I, I, in fact, I'm, I'm conditioned to not do that. So even the moment I begin to think, I could start rehearsing all the things. And then I'm finding, I would find as I do that, I've, I've done that enough. I don't do that. I had to take a spiritual assessment test in my university classes that I'm taking, which is extremely irritating. No, there's some really irritating stuff. And it's this whole spiritual assessment. And as I'm going through, I'm, I mean, it almost sounds arrogant, but I mean, when you walk with the Lord for a while, you realize thinking about how ugly you are and how you can't do it doesn't really work to get you victory. So I'm done with that. I'm done. Well, you don't, you, you ain't that smart. No kidding. He's, he knows everything. Hallelujah. I'm, can, I'm with him. I'm with him. Years ago, I was in Kauai. And I was getting a sandwich, this toasted sandwich thing had just come out. Does anybody know, like, it's a Quiznos. Remember? Man, that thing came out, it was like, people were lined out the door, down the block, they get a toasted sandwich. God, my wife's been toasting sandwiches since I was knee-high to a grasshopper. But anyway, toasted sandwiches. And we went to get the bacon, avocado, turkey thing. And you know, a foot-long one. And, and, and I'm ready for that. And I'm, I'm paying at the register. And the lady's eyes behind the register go to silver dollars and everybody in the store turns towards whatever's outside. And, and you can hear this commotion. I turn around and there's these two kids having a knife fight. And they're trying to stab each other right in the middle in Kauai. Right, oh yeah, right in the middle of this mall. And I left my wallet, I left my sandwich. You know if I leave my sandwich, there's some serious Holy Ghost going on. I wasn't fasting either, so... I turned and I went out, went right out there, knife fighting right in front of me. I said, hey! And they stopped for a second. I said, not here, not now. I don't, I don't know what that means, but I mean, that's what came out of my mouth. And these guys looked at me, soiled themselves, and ran in, in two different directions. And I'm like, you know that's right. <laughs> and I hear over my head, and if he ain't big enough, I am. I was like, this guy was eight foot 12, 700 pounds of ripped muscle, standing behind me like a giant 
silverback gorilla. Actually, he cursed. If he's not big enough, then I am. I thought, he's not saved. I'm pretty sure that. But I mean, these kids looked at me and scampered. And man, did I tell you, it was like, oh, yeah, you know that's right. And then I saw what they were running from. I want to tell you something. I don't worry about what's coming my way. I'm worried about what they are. The enemy ought to worry about what we're bringing. I'm not concerned about his stack tactics. I'm not going to be ignorant about evil, but I know who's with me. God, I'm with him. I'm with the big guy. I'm with the guy who spoke and made everything. I'm with the one who made the sea. Come on. Come on. So when the enemy wakes up and looks at me, he's got to fight with God. I'm going to tell you something. The enemy, he's not stupid, but he also knows that's impossible. So he's not going to mess with me if I'm with God. And I should say it's not that he's with me. God, I'm with him. And so I can rehearse all the, oh, the, the snowstorm and how it was the perfect thing and all the pipes and all the this and all the that and oh, my heels are cracked and I've got ashy skin and I'm fat and I ate a salad when I was supposed to be doing a water fast and I, oh, and I even had some candy. Oh, God. <laughs> we'll just all throw ourselves on the floor and start crying. Listen, if you blow it, am I yelling? <laughs> Lift your hands to heaven all across this place. Come on, someone say, I'm with him. Come on, say, I'm with him. I've gotten in places that I never should have got in because I was with somebody that had some clout. I've gotten in, I've gotten in places they never should have let me in, but I was with him. Me too. When you're with God, there releases a power that cannot be stopped by enemy, any enemy. And there is an enemy. The key is staying in faith. The key is staying connected to the one who can put 10,000 to flight. The key is staying connected to a body also, to a Moses, to a Joshua. Moses needed to be on the mountain of God. Moses needed Joshua's sword. Joshua needed Moses' rod. You need to be connected in the house of the Lord in such a way that it's not just you, not just you and your babies and your wife or your husband. It's not just you. Oh, no. No, no, no. My staff knows and if you've been around long enough, you're part of this house, anything comes towards you, we will, in the name of Jesus, we will bring, we will bring the kingdom. We will come a running with meals. We will pray. We will fast. We will break the back of the enemy. But you know something? I can't do for you what you have to do. You have to stop belly aching and talk about how hard it is. And, and stand up for your redemption draws nigh. God's with you. Come on. If you're with him. So these Amalekites came and, and just started picking off the weak ones. And that's exactly what the devil does. I've found this. He doesn't do a full frontal on me now. You know what I mean by that? He didn't come right up in my face. With I will, by the blood of Jesus, punch him in the throat. He just doesn't want to come for a beating like that. And it's not any strength that I have. It's, I'm, I'm, I will yield, I will bow, I will call on the name of the Lord and he will run like a scalded, I, 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 he'll run. 
So the enemy doesn't do that to me. And I, I, and I, I say that humbly. Lord, if, I, if I'm, I never want to come off arrogant. Let me just say this. You never want to be arrogant to think that you're all that. And, and, and you are in God. Outside of him, you, you just, you're cannon fodder. You get, you get a pride. You get a pride about how big and bad you are. You fixing to get your tail kicked. So have you done that? Many times. I don't want to do that anymore. It's as Eduardo Cervoso said, it's an understanding that you know, I know God, that you know that you defeated hell, death, and the grave. And I know, Satan, that you've been defeated by the blood of the Lamb. And I stand in this place tonight, covered by the blood, made a new creation, washed and cleansed. I've repented and he's forgiven me and made me, made me clean. And I stand even freshly repented right now. I'm, Lord, forgive me for things I don't even know I did. Wash me, cleanse me, God, thank you. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all. How much? All. How much? All unrighteousness. And if you're cleansed from all unrighteousness, you are now righteous. And Romans says you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So real spiritual warfare, which we are in the thick of it, stands in a place of absolute authority, knowing that God is on you and that you are hidden by the blood, hidden under the covering, hidden in, with Christ in heavenly places. You're seated with him, far above all rule, power, dominion, and darkness. And that he's given you everything you need for life and godliness. And the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is available for you if you will but believe. That's a place of warfare. It's enforcing what Jesus has already done. It's speaking forth his word. It's declaring the decrees of heaven. And I've seen a lot of flaky intercession. Now, I just want to warn you. If you have flaky intercession and you think you can get away with your little pet sin and still bind and loose, you're fixing to lose a part of your body right now. I just, I don't know, something's happening for me. It's like a greater fear of the Lord's taking place. And I see this synergy and I see intercessors and, and, and evangelists being released. It's a message from Dr. Morocco for all of the KSM students and my staff. It's a double barrel shotgun. You want to break through a region, you must have someone on the hill and you must have someone on the field, Joshua, with a sword. And you have to do both. And sometimes it's interchangeable, but there must be both to break through in a region. We are breaking through. But if you agree with the enemy at how tired you are, agree with the enemy on how hard it is, you'll notice you get more tired and it gets harder. And then you begin to lick your wounds and before your wounds aren't healing. And before next, you know, there's another thing that happened and then another thing that happened and then you got a fender bender and then before you know it, your belly aching and you don't have enough to get to prayer anymore. And then you're in an argument with your spouse and then your kids hate you and then it just starts a snowballs. Listen. If you will fast and pray and come in agreement with his word, you just have to come in agreement with his word and do not let Anything outside his word, penetrate your thought life and understand that God is good. And if he's pleased with us, he'll bring us into the land. And I'm telling you, there's a synergy. There's a power that's being released, just like what took place here. Physically on the ground, look at verse 9. Exodus uh, 17, 9. 
Moses said to Joshua, choose some of your men to go out and fight. Okay. Okay. Anybody ever had to choose teams? I don't know if my brother's on, but we used to play kickball or different games out in the park off of Highwood Road. And I was a little guy back then, so I wasn't exactly the first guy picked, which I hated. But I was just glad that I'd be picked before the other guy that was my age, because that meant, does anybody know what I'm talking about? And when you're picking a team, do you run for the yellow belly, sap sucker, soft person that doesn't know how to fight? I'm gonna tell you something. If I was gonna be in a fight, absolutely would be picking Cleveland right here. Oh, yeah. Right? Okay. Is there, is there, is there, is there, we have a problem? Is everything all right? There's authority. Amen. And it's not, it's not about size, really, spiritually. I mean, you, I mean, you're a big man, strong man, and you've seen some stuff, and you can handle yourself. I understand that. I want you to use that correlation for the spirit. What God is looking for is people who can throw the spear with the left hand and the right hand, people who can rightly divide the word of truth, people who know how to pray through, people who know how to get a hold of the garment of God, not somebody that's going to quit. And I want to tell you one of the things I've found about kings and those who belong to this house, you are a tough people. And I'm so glad that you are because what lies ahead is going to take some grit to get there. But oh, it's so worth it. Come on, somebody. Come on. Some of you need to grow up some grits. Can I say that? Come on, bump your neighbor and say, get some grits. Hank told me to say that. He's from the South. You need to acquire some courage. But, I, but, I, but, I, but I'm not the kind. Well, you need to read the word and get discipled until you're convinced of the fact that, that if you're with God and he's with you, then there's nothing, not one thing. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. It does not matter what the enemy try to throw at you. The shield of faith will extinguish the fiery darts of the enemy. And if you're walking with somebody else, even though you might take so many shots that that, feet, that shield begins to drop, you're with some, some Pastor Vince's, you're with some life group leaders perhaps. Listen, if you're not connected, Oh, it's so time to get connected. You're like, well, I just, I, I'm just visiting. I'm glad you're visiting. Whatever church you're committed to, get committed. Stay there. Your pastor can thank me later in the millennium. You can't pull up a tomato plant. Are they planted yet? Not yet. You can't transplant plants over and over and over and over and over. You'll shock them and shock them and shock them. And most people don't really get activated, don't really get deep roots down into the soil of a church because their ugly warts and stuff start showing. And then they get offended when they get confronted and stay just as hothouse tomato all of their life. Come on, lift your hands to Jesus. God's not raising hothouse tomato. Listen, I think I was in the hothouse way, way too long. And if you're there, it's all right. Just keep coming. Keep answering altar calls. Keep reading your word. Before you know it, that little seed that you got going will become this great plant. Don't, don't let anybody make eternal decisions about you and your faith and what you've done. Come on, it's a new day. You say, well, I've messed up. Welcome to the club, for God's sake. This is the first day of the rest of your life. Come on, somebody say his mercies are new every morning. 
Come on, say it again. His mercies are new every morning. Say it again. His mercies are new every morning. And it's morning somewhere. Ground is being fought by people going out and inviting people, sharing their faith, ground level warfare. You can't, it's not just about praying, binding and loosing. It's about taking action also. It's a double barrel shotgun. Do you understand what I was talking about flaky intercession? Okay, so I'll go there. Since there wasn't like an overwhelming, yes, I'll go there. Many years ago, we were sent to the island of the Molokai. You were there. One of our first services. I think you were like four years old or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> I preached hard that night. <laughs> Similar to the night. And at the end, we went outside to eat some food, which is, you know, it was Sunday night. So it was fellowship and eating some food. We used to eat. Do you remember that? I was standing with a bunch of men from the church. I think it was, I think it was Paul Momwad. Paul says to me, oh, pastor, you ain't playing, huh? I'm like, no, I ain't playing. He's like, oh, are you serious, bro? Oh, you're serious, bro. That's what he said. He said Hawaiian intonation. Oh, pastor, you're serious. And my, my response was, I had just come, out of, just come out of the pulpit. I was full of fire and anointing. And my response was, oh, yeah, I'm serious. He's like, oh, wow, you ain't playing. And I'm like, no, I ain't playing. And then I said this. As a matter of fact, I'm going to kick the devil off this island. And I'm going to see people set free. And I, and I, and I, and there was a way too many eyes. And I will never forget what happened. Karen was at home for whatever reason. I don't recall babies. That's a good reason. <laughs> Simultaneously, we, sing, we, we figured it out. She saw, well, tell us what she saw. Well, it was like one of those, uh, you know, in Mulan or some Chinese uh, movie. It was a giant dragon, just the head, and it was looking one direction, but at that moment it turned and just turns its gaze upon us. Right, and I actually believe it was the spirit of Mo'o, for those that know. And when I stepped out, you can step out of bounds. You can step out. And I stepped out. I stopped talking. They're still talking. And all I could hear is wah, wah, wah. And the covering of the power of God lifted off of me. And I felt like I was naked, standing there in serious trouble. And I realized, I've sinned. I've sinned. I've sinned. I've sinned. I've sinned. I've sinned. And I got on my knee. And those guys were like, Pastor, what are you doing? I said, I, I've messed up. I said, I messed up. And I could almost hear the growl of this demon, this territorial spirit over, over the island of Molokai. And I could, I, I'm, I'm talking like real, like wet yourself kind of fear. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like you're going to die at any minute kind of fear. And I said, oh God, oh God, I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. And I just felt like, 
he came back on me. Flaky intercession does things, says things, and gets outside the authority that you, that you, gets outside of the authority of God's word. I think I said, to, I did, I said this morning to someone, there was a book written years ago, uh, and I, I think I'll just leave the name out. Oh, I'll, I'll just say it. John Paul Jackson wrote a book called The Needless Casualties of War. Maybe you read it. The problem with that book, I think there's some, I have some theological challenges with some of it. He's a great man. I've met him. I'm not knocking him. I don't know where he's at now. Years ago, God powerfully used him. I have no idea what he's doing now, so I can't endorse him. All right, so I'm not endorsing him, but I'm saying that book, he died. Well, praise the Lord. He's in heaven. Amen. But the book, what the book did was it talked about all these casualties that people have because they're praying outside their authority. And what it did was it brought fear on the body of Christ and people stopped praying. People stopped interceding because they're like, well, I don't want to get in trouble. I just don't want to pray like that. I don't want to pray with authority. Nonsense. If you don't learn to pray with authority, then you're not going to be the guy on the hill. We need, where's Moses? Hey, Mo. Yo, Mo. Where are you at? We need Moses on the hill that knows how to pray, that knows how to intercede. Well, how does that happen? We have to teach people. So we got to create an intercessor course. All right? The Lord spoke to me. I don't know how to do that. We got to put that together. We got to hurry up and put it together. God show you something today? What did he show you? Well, you were talking about what Dr. talked to you, taught about, about churches that were seeing a move of God and it collapsed. And the common ground was they didn't have a prayer movement. And when you said that, I saw this rod going deep. And the more we prayed, the deeper it went. But it was unmovable. Like you couldn't go up to it and jiggle it. And everything that was coming at the body of Christ, and I'm talking about the huge global political things that have come, everything to derail the body of Christ, when it would hit that rod, people would be like turning and swayed. It would silence all of that. And it was a stabilizing point for the church over and over and over. And we could count on the truth of God rising forward and coming up and above the signs of the times and that what was being flown about with media and in the air because we had that rod of prayer that kept us stable before the truth of the biblical truth and that's what sustained us through every single thing that came at us like this season we've just come out with this horrible pandemic and just all the stuff and I just saw that rod but the more we prayed the deeper it went so understand what I'm saying as I try to summarize this just a little bit. By faith, we understand that God cartotismos framed the aeons, the universe, the world, the times, the seasons, from the beginning all the way to the end. Then he, in his infinite wisdom, before the beginnings of the foundations of the world, placed you and I in the midst of the timeline of God. And in the midst of the timeline of God, he looks to you in the authority that has been given you when you receive Jesus. You're translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son. He looks for somebody who has a spiritual authority. A Listen, the God of this world owns the world right now. And the title deed of the world was given to Satan in the garden for a limited time. And so when God saves someone, grants to them the glorious gift of repentance, 
They're sucked out of one kingdom, placed into another, but they're still with two feet on the ground, yet they're seated with Christ in heavenly places. And that person, when they come to an understanding of their identity in Christ, when they come to an understanding of who lives on the inside of them, when they come to an understanding of the power of God's word and the authority, Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours. He prayed and the heavens were shut up. God wants you to be empowered tonight to take your place on the hill or in the battlefield or in both and in doing that through prayer through a release of intercessory uh, anointed taught intercessory warriors which I think everyone should be an intercessor but some speak some people are specifically feel drawn to that but I've seen a, seen a lot of flaky intercession and I'll just tell you what I know about the battle we're in are you hearing me right now are you I'll stand on a seat just to make sure you're listening. It is not like last year. This, is, this battle is not like last year. And I'm not trying to puff up the devil, but I am trying to put the fear of God on you. Because you, what you got away with last year, you cannot get away with this year. And God's calling you up higher. He's calling you to partner. He's calling you into a synergistic anointing that releases the, the, the power of God for the ages for right now. And it takes the oldest of us and the youngest of us pulling together, taking our place on the wall, fitly joined together like a body, like a body, like a real body. The church has like got a stroke. I don't mean to mock anybody that had a stroke, but I mean, it's, it's like part of the body's functioning. The other part is like, oh, oh God, I'm so tired. Snap out of it. Israel wins the battle and we will win. We've already won. I said, we're enforcing what's already happened. Say that. Say, we're enforcing what has already happened. But you still got to walk it out, baby. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to KCAlaska.com and may God's face shine upon you. Thank you.